Welcome to the Travel Therapy Mentor Podcast, your number one source for travel therapy information and education, hosted by travel physical therapist duo Jared and Whitney. Join us every other week on Facebook Live to learn about a new travel therapy topic or listen to the replay right here on our podcast. If you're new to travel therapy and ready to get started, contact us to get connected with the travel therapy recruiters and companies we recommend by visiting TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. If you're ready to remove the guesswork and jumpstart your travel therapy career, let us teach you step-by-step everything you need to know to get started and to be financially successful as a traveler by enrolling in our comprehensive travel therapy course titled Becoming a Financially Successful Travel Therapist. You can visit TravelTherapyMentor.com course and use the discount code TRAVEL to save $150 on our course. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com course and the discount code is TRAVEL. And if you're looking for the best way to get your CEUs online as a traveler who's always on the go, you can use our discount code to get the best rate on an annual MedBridge subscription, which is where we get all of our online CEUs. Use code FIFTHWHEELPT, that's F-I-F-T-H-W-H-E-E-L-P-T, for the discount, all one word. And last, if you're interested in getting started with credit card hacking to take advantage of free or low-cost travel like we do, check out our top credit card recommendations for travelers at TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. All right, and now on to this week's episode. Hey everyone. Hey guys. Welcome to another Travel Therapy Mentor video. Tonight we're gonna be talking about taxes, specifically state taxes, and also a little bit about how taxes work. Um, This is something that I know that a lot of travelers have questions about. We get a lot of questions about it, and it's something that I had no idea about when we started traveling. Um, Like state taxes, uh, marginal tax rates, effective tax rates, flats tax rates, those are all things that are very confusing for most people. I know Whitney still gets a little confused with some of this. So we're gonna try to go through, explain all of that, explain how these rankings work, and we put an article out yesterday that ranked all of the, the states in terms of which ones are best in terms of state tax rates for travelers to work in. So I want to explain how we got those numbers um, and a little bit about how taxes work. So Whitney's going to introduce us and I'm going to get this video shared in a few different groups. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. My name is Whitney Aiken. And I'm Jared Kazaza. And we're both traveling doctors, doctors of physical therapy. Many of you guys may have watched our videos in the past. We've been around in the travel world for over seven years now, and we've been putting out educational content for the last five, six years or so. Um, we've done travel therapy videos on most every topic um, here on Facebook Live and on our podcast. Um, but every now and then we try to come up with something new that we can you know, go into further depth about. We have done videos in the past about taxes in general, like how to file taxes and how that works. Um, but recently Jared decided to do a deep dive into um, looking at all the different state tax rates. Um, and it's really interesting what he came up with when it comes to um, what's called the effective tax rate for those of us in our average like uh, pay range for what an average travel therapist would make. Um, so he took, he took a lot of time and effort um, into doing the research for this. Um, it is important to note that um, neither one of us are tax experts. We're not tax professionals, um, but it's kind of crazy. Like as citizens, we should all be able to understand taxes a little better without being tax professionals, without, <laughs> without being experts. You know, we should all be able to look up what is our tax rate and understand it. And unfortunately, the tax code is super confusing. So I know for myself and for a lot of you guys, it's just really hard to understand. But um, Jared did gather a lot of information just based on the public data that is out there um, to try to bring you guys just like a comprehensive overview of state taxes. So we'll talk a little bit about taxes in general. Um, I know some of you guys might have questions about just like filing taxes and those sort of things. If you do have questions, um, please leave them in the comments and we'll answer them either as we go through the video or at the end of the video. Um, We would also highly recommend that you read the article because the article really goes in a lot of detail in explaining all of this, but we just wanted to talk through it today as well. Um, So just a couple other updates. We are still in Alaska on our travel physical therapy assignment. Um, We finish next week though. Our time here has flown by really fast. We've been super busy. We've been doing all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, For those of you guys that follow us on Instagram, um, on our Travel Therapy Mentor Instagram page, you've probably seen lots of our pictures on there. 
we've been hiking and going to national parks and fishing and going on boat tours and just doing all kinds of fun stuff. So it's really flown by. Um, because of that, we haven't been able to do as many videos as we normally do. We usually try to do them every other week or so, but we've been a little bit behind just with keeping so busy. But we'll be leaving here next week, next, like probably the end of next weekend, um, starting our drive back through Canada and back through the U.S. to get home to Virginia. So stay tuned for that. We'll have lots more pictures coming from our road trip. Um, if any of you guys have any questions or comments, just leave them down below. We'd also love if you guys would say hello if you are watching live. I know a few of you guys are watching on Facebook Live, and I know some of you guys will watch later on the replay or listen later on the podcast. We appreciate you guys. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Armand. Hi, Renee. Hi, Allie. Hey, Nick. Hi, James. Thank you guys for joining. Hey, Did you mention anything about the giveaway yet? Not yet. So um, the last thing I wanted to mention, too, it's hard to believe, but we're actually already into August, so we're already half over halfway through the year. So something that's been on our radar that we wanted to remind you guys about is that we're doing um, a couple of end-of-year giveaways this year. So last year we did an end-of-the-year giveaway for um, those of you that took contracts with our recommended recruiters, and we're going to do that again this year. Sorry, adjusting the camera a little bit here. Um, so for any of you guys that take a contract with one of our recommended recruiters, whether you filled out our recruiter recommendation form on our website or um, found a job through our hot jobs page, for any of you guys that completed a 13 week or longer contract, you are already eligible to enter to win um, our end of the year giveaway. We're going to be doing five $200 gift cards. So that'll be $1,000 in giveaways for those of you guys that took contracts. So if you did already complete a contract, make sure to go and fill out that form. If you haven't completed a contract yet and you're interested in this giveaway, you can fill out our, the, the recruiter recommendation form or go on the Hot Jobs page and see if there's any jobs that interest you. And we'll help get you connected with those recruiters before the end of the year. Um, we're coming up on where if you start a contract now, you'll just barely finish it before the end of the year to be eligible for the giveaway. Yep. Um, the other giveaway real quick that we are also doing um, is for those of you guys that leave reviews. So we'd love if you would leave us a review either on our Facebook page, especially if you follow us on Facebook and watch a lot of our Facebook videos. You can go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash travel therapy mentor um, and click on reviews and leave a review there and you'll get entered to win. I think it's a hundred dollar gift card we're doing for that one. Or if you listen to us on Spotify or Apple podcasts, you can go and leave us a review there. Actually, I think just Apple mainly is where you can leave a review. Spotify doesn't have a place for reviews. But if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there, and then you'll get entered to win that giveaway as well. Yep, okay, so taxes. The reason that I decided to write this article, um, I see a lot of confusion <clears throat> with travel therapists, both that reach out and ask us questions, as well as in travel therapy groups, where people will say things like, um, I'm working in California, so this, the tax rate here is just insane. They'll say things like that. And um, what I realized is people have a real misconception about how tax rates work. Um, for whatever reason, when people refer to state tax rates or federal tax rates, they're always talking about the highest possible bracket. So for California, I think the highest bracket is like 13%. But what people don't understand about that, so they'll say like California state taxes are insane. It's like 12 or 13% but only people making over 600,000 a year are paying that amount. It's, it's really high income levels that pay that amount. And then even the ones that are making that amount, they're only paying that amount on the income over that level. So they pay a lower amount on all the income up to the top bracket. And um, I think that's confusing for a lot of people because a state like California, for example, everyone that I talk to that's a traveler, almost anyone that you talk to in the general population will tell you that California has the highest tax rate. And that's true if you're looking at the actual highest marginal tax bracket they have. But if you look at what someone paying or someone making 40 or 50,000 a year or 60,000 a year, what they're actually paying in taxes, California is not even in the top 25 of high tax states. So um, I think that's a, a confusing thing for some people to understand. So I wrote this article to try to um, explain a little bit about how that works. So things like effective tax rates, flat tax rates, and marginal tax rates. Yeah. Um, so as we go through, if you guys have any questions, feel free to ask. I know this is kind of confusing, um, but also I would recommend checking out that article. It's, I put a, a lot of time and effort in that article, ranking all the states. It, it ended up being a lot more work than I thought it was gonna be. And uh, it's actually pretty difficult to find accurate information on state taxes um, without searching and searching, finding the, uh, the actual tax brackets on the state websites themselves, which are very unuser friendly, not surprisingly. Um, so anyway, 
um, check out that and uh, get, get an idea of where the, where the states are in the rankings. Yep, so we're gonna go into more details to explain the definitions of all those things that Jared just talked about. But before we jump into all those details, um, why are we talking about this? Why is it really important for you guys? Obviously, taxes affect our bottom line. As travelers, as anybody, as a citizen who's paying taxes, it's gonna affect how much money you get to keep. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that choose to live in zero income tax states or work in zero income tax states so that they're not getting taxes taken out on their income. Um, so that is a consideration for some people. Now, is it the biggest consideration in terms of finance? Definitely not. We definitely think that, um, you know, looking at cost of living in the area as well as your pay package in general um, is gonna be the, big, uh, the two biggest factors to how much money you're going to earn as a traveler, but it is a factor for some people to consider which states they choose to work in um, and how that might affect how much is gonna get taken out in taxes. So that's one of the reasons as well that we wanted to talk about this. Um, in addition to just helping you guys understand taxes in general. So let's talk a little bit about, just as an overview, what are some of the tax advantages that we have as travelers in the way that our pay is structured? The big thing is that because a portion of our pay, and usually a, a pretty decent portion of our pay, is tax-free, and that's the case for probably 95% of travelers that we talk to. They, they travel with the tax home, meaning that their stipends are tax-free. Stipends for housing, meals, and incidentals all aren't being taxed. That means the only tax that you have to pay is on your taxable income, your hourly rate, which for most travelers, um, we, we've done a couple surveys, between 20 and $25 an hour. That's what most travelers take, that's what most, most travel companies pay for the taxable rate. So that keeps your taxable pay pretty low, which means that um, you're not really paying that much in federal, state, and uh, FICA taxes, which is a big benefit. Because like I said, if all of our pay was taxed, it would put us in higher tax brackets, meaning that we would pay higher overall taxes. But since a lot of it is non-tax stipends, we're in lower tax brackets, meaning that the amount we pay is pretty minimal. Yeah, so it's really important that if you're new to travel therapy and you are listening to this video first, you have to have a basic understanding of how we get paid as travelers. You have to understand how a pay package is set up. And we have a lot of good articles and videos that go into great detail about that. So typically a pay package would be um, a taxable hourly rate, like Jared said, for PT, OT, and speech, that's usually between 20 and $25 an hour is how much you're making hourly. And in terms of the IRS, that is all that you're earning as wages, as taxable wages. So that's all that you have to file on your tax return. Whereas your stipends, as long as you're meeting all the tax home rules, they give you a stipend or a per diem, which is a, an amount of money that they're giving you to offset your costs for housing, meals, and incidentals. And as long as you're meeting all the tax home rules, this money is not taxed. So while we say, okay, travelers, you can expect to make like one and a half to two times the amount as a permanent job, which puts you making, in a lot of cases, well over the equivalent of about 100000 or more a year, only a portion of that pay is taxed. So that's why you're, you fall into a different tax bracket. So a lot of people, they might be like, well, I'm working in California and I, I basically bring home over $100,000 a year. So, so I'm in this tax bracket where I'm way up here in you know, 10% or whatever their tax bracket is. That's not true at all because you're actually only getting taxed on, on the taxable hourly wages. And what Jared figured up in this example we're gonna talk about in a little while is a lot of people are on average making maybe 45 to $50,000 a year as travel therapists, that's your taxable um, amount. And that's what we're gonna get into talking about with the tax bracket. So that's the first really important thing to understand. Um, next, we get asked a lot by people, how, how does it work when you go to file taxes, right? Like, like when you hear taxes, you always think like, oh, April, filing my taxes, right? Yeah, we actually posted on our story on Instagram yesterday about this article. And uh, Whitney made a reel about the top, top and or the best and the worst states for income tax uh, for travelers. And we got a couple messages that said things like, well, it doesn't really matter though because you end up paying both your tax home taxes and your travel assignment taxes or something along those lines. And that's not really true because, now again, we're not tax experts, always talk to a CPA, but the majority of states, the way it works is if you work in a state, let's say my, my tax home's in Virginia, I'm working in North Carolina. Um, I'm paying taxes on my wages earned in North Carolina to North Carolina. So the withholdings are going to North Carolina. When I file my taxes, my tax burden in North Carolina, I pay that and then I get a credit towards what I owed to North Carolina towards my Virginia taxes. 
So say I owe at the end of the year, so all of your income is taxed in your home state. Say I earned half of my income in North Carolina. I paid $1,000 to North Carolina. I get a credit towards my Virginia taxes, which say is 2,000. I get a $1,000 credit towards that. So the way it, it effectively works out is that you end up paying the higher rate of your tax home and the state that you're working in. You pay the higher of the two in almost all cases. There are some outliers where uh, they don't accept those credits and things like that. So you, you know, if you're at all confused, make sure you do your research or make sure you talk to a CPA. But for most states, that's how it works. So you don't end up paying both. It's not like if Virginia is 5%, North Carolina is 5%, you pay 5% to both. Um, the reality, the way it works, if both were 5%, you'd pretty much just pay 5%. And if you say your tax home was 4% and the state you're working in was 6%, you pay 6%. Um, because you would get a credit towards the state that you worked towards your tax home, but it would be more than the amount you owed and you don't get a refund for it, so it ends up being that 6%. If the opposite's true and your tax home, uh, your taxes are higher there, say 6% at your tax home, 4% at the state you're working in, you pay the 4% towards that state you're working in, and at the end of the year, you get the credit, and then you still owe 2% to your tax home. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, you really just end up paying the higher of the two in most cases. Yeah, and this can all sound pretty confusing, and so therefore we get a lot of questions from especially new travelers that are like, this is gonna be way too complicated. I don't know how to file taxes in multiple states. So they assume that they're probably gonna have to hire a CPA or have someone do their taxes for them. Um, when in reality, we've always done our own taxes and we've just done it with online software. Um, like uh, we use Tax Act and there's lots of other ones online that you can use. Um, it's really not that much different. You basically just receive a W-2 from each staffing company that you worked with because um, contrary to, to what some people might think, you're not usually a 1099 employee, like a contractor. You're usually um, a W-2 standard employee of the staffing company. They just send you a w W-2 for each job that you worked. Um, or each state that you worked in rather. And if you worked in multiple states, they'll send you ones for multiple states and you just let the software talk you through filing it. Um, filing federal is, is the same, it's not different, but then you might have to file one state and then file another state afterwards. And sometimes it can just get a little tricky where it'll say like, did you pay taxes to a different state? Enter that here and then that's when they issue you the credit or you pay the higher of the two. But it's usually not that difficult. Um, we've been able to do it for the past several years. Yeah, and it might ask you questions like, were you a resident in multiple states? And in that case, you weren't a resident because you're just working temporarily. You were a non-resident of the state you're working in and you're a resident of your home state. So things like that can trip people up. But for the most part, it's not that confusing. But if you do get confused or you feel uncomfortable with it, you can always go to a, uh, a CPA that can help you with it. Yeah, and essentially you would just bring them your documents the way that you normally would, whether you worked in one state or multiple states, you're just bringing them all the W-2s that you have. And if you have any other tax documents, from other sources of income or other um, things that you might be taxed on. Uh, you just bring it to them and then they take care of it for you. Okay, so let's talk about how different types of taxes work. So in general, I've mentioned this a couple times now, there's fixed rate taxes, there's marginal taxes, and then there's what is your actual effective tax rate. Um, effective tax rate is, uh, we got a lot of questions about that on that reel yesterday too, like what is that? Um, in the article I explain it all, I'll, I'll do my best to explain it here as well. So. We'll start with fixed tax rates. So a fixed tax rate is something that would be the same no matter how much you earn. So let's say uh, FICA taxes are a good example of that. FICA taxes for your future Medicare and Social Security benefits are the same whether you make 10,000 a year or 100,000 a year. It's a percentage. It's based on a percentage of your total income. And that percentage is 7.65%. So if you make 10,000, you're paying $765. If you're making 100,000, you're paying $7,650. Um, so that is an example of a fixed tax rate. It doesn't adjust as you make more money. There is a cap. I think it's like somewhere around 130 or 140,000. Won't apply to us as travelers. Um, but if you're making more than that, at some point, uh, the social security part of it stops. Um, so there is a cap. But for the most part, it's a fixed rate no matter how much you earn. On the other hand, the way a marginal bracket works is if you make, uh, let's, let's give an example. Let's say you have a state that for the first 10,000 you earn, it's 1%. For the next 10,000 you earn, it's 2%. For the next 10,000 you earn, it's 3%. So that's how most states work with a marginal tax system. Um, your first 10,000, you get taxed at a, a certain rate or first whatever amount. The second amount is another rate. Uh, uh, the third amount is another rate. And sometimes these states will have 10 different brackets. Now what confuses people though is, in that example, let's say you have someone that makes $28,000 a year and they know, oh, I'm in the 2% bracket because I'm making between 20,000 and 30,000. 
I don't want to work overtime and get an extra $3,000 in income because that will put me in a 3% bracket and then I'll end up paying more in overall taxes. That's not how it works. The way the marginal system works is the first 10,000 of your income, no matter what bracket you're in, is taxed at 1%. And this is all hypothetical uh, example because every state and federal taxes all have different rates. But for the first 10,000, 1%. For the second 10,000, 2%. For the third 10,000, 3%. So if you made, let's say you worked enough overtime to make 31,000, only 1,000 of your income is taxed at that 3% rate. So it's not like because you earned a little bit more, all of your income is now taxed higher. And that's where people a lot of times get confused with taxes. And that's this case for almost all states have a marginal system like that. And the federal tax system is also like that, where it's um, a certain amount at a certain rate, a certain amount at a certain rate, and it just gradually increases with how much income you're earning. Yep. So we're going to go into a little bit more detail about how that marginal tax rate works into how, how much you can realistically expect to make if you were making an average amount that a travel therapist makes. And we also want to explain what an effective tax rate is too, because that's really the, what matters in the long run. But before we go into all that um, and go into some more examples, if you guys are getting some value out of this video, if you are learning something, we would really appreciate it if you could hit the thumbs up button. Um, also, if you could just drop a comment, whether it's just a smiley face, an emoji, say hello, just some kind of comment, um, we would really appreciate it and let us know that you're watching because I know quite a few of you guys are on live, so we'd love if you'd just say hi in the comments. Yeah, okay, so effective tax rates. Now, this is what actually matters to us as travelers or to any taxpayer. It's how, what percentage are you actually paying on your income to taxes? That's what everybody wants to know, right? So let's go back to that example. The first 10,000 at 1%, the second 10,000 at 2%, uh, the third 10,000 at 3%. If you are in that 3% bracket, let's say you make 30,000 a year, so you're right on the cusp of the 3% the bracket. Like I said, all of your income is not taxed at 3%. The way you would calculate how much you're actually paying in taxes is to take all of those brackets. So you would take, okay, for that first 10,000, I paid 1% on that. 1% of 10,000 is $100. The second 10,000, I paid 2%. So 2% of 10,000 is $200. And then on the third bracket, let's see, 20, 10, 20, 30, um, 3% on the next 10,000, that would be $300. If you add those up, that's $600 in total taxes paid on your 30,000 of income. So to get your effective tax rate, you would take 600 divided by 30,000. And if you do that math, should be right around, uh, right around 2%. So even though you're in the 3% bracket, how much you're actually paying in total taxes is 2% of your income towards taxes. Now, in that example, it doesn't make a huge difference because those are pretty low numbers. But let's say, let's take an extreme example. Let's say you have a state where the first 50,000, you pay 0%, and then the next 50,000, you pay 10%, and you made 55,000. Well, you would be in the 10% marginal tax bracket, but you're not paying anywhere near 10% on your total income. You're only paying 10% on that 5,000 that's in that bracket. So if you do, um, 5,000 times 0.1, you're paying $500 on 55,000. So if you do the math on that, you're actually paying about 1% in taxes. So that's what is really confusing to people because you would look at your, your tax system there and you'd say, okay, well, I'm in the 10% bracket. That means I'm paying 10% in taxes on my income. You're not, you're only paying 10% on that higher, that highest bracket. So your total taxes, your effective tax rate is actually very low. And that's kind of how the California system is. It, it's a really high on the very high end. The really high earners pay a ton in taxes, but the low end, the tax rates are pretty reasonable. They're, they're pretty low and, and it, it increases very gradually. Um, so what confuses people is, okay, the high, highest tax rate is 13%. If you're earning like 50,000 a year, you're paying like 4% or 3.5%. You're actually paying a really low amount. So um, that, that is probably the most confusing thing for travelers or anybody when trying to understand how taxes work and trying to compare different tax rates. It's not the marginal rate that you're in, not the marginal bracket, it's your effective tax rate that really matters to you. So you actually have to do a little bit of math to understand how much you'd be paying in taxes. You can't just look at the tax code and say, oh, 10% bracket, that's what I'm paying. Yeah, and that's super confusing. I definitely didn't understand that. And we definitely get questions from a lot of people that don't understand that. Um, I think even when we first started traveling, I remember us saying like, oh, it would be crazy to go and work in California because you get taxed so high. Yeah, I remember thinking that exactly. And it's because I didn't understand how marginal tax systems work and what your actual effective tax rate is. Yeah. So um, for a lot of you guys, this may not really matter. 
Um, but it is really interesting to know and kind of understand if you are weighing certain options based on which states have higher taxes. And that's why Jared decided to go ahead and just um, look at all the tax brackets based on someone like ourselves, like most travel therapists who on average, um, ca he calculated maybe on average make about $46,000 of taxable income. And uh, check your numbers, where did you come up with 46,000? Was it the 20, did you use $25 an hour times? So what I did is I assumed that most travelers work about 46 weeks per year. I think that's probably pretty average. Most people work somewhere between 42 and 48 weeks a year. Um, and then I assume that uh, you're making a, a taxable rate of $25 an hour working 40 hours a week. That would be about 46,000 a year in taxable income. So, so your average travel therapist, if you're a PT, OT, or SLP who works about 46 weeks out of the year, 40 hours a week, making somewhere around $25 an hour taxable, you're, you're only going to be taxed on about $46,000 a year. So Jared went through every state, all 50 states, and, and calculated 51 where- 51 including DC. Yeah, 51 including DC, and looked at where you would fall if you were someone who earned about $46,000 in taxable income, where you would fall and what your effective tax rate would be. So he looked at all those brackets and was like, okay, yeah, you know, on the top amount of your income, the 40 to 46,000, for example, you might be in some states in their three or four or 5% tax bracket but your effective tax rate across your entire income from the first dollar that you earn to the 46,000th dollar that you earn, he calculated that. So it was actually really surprising to me when he ranked the states on like, on average, how much a travel therapist is gonna get taxed in the highest states versus the lowest states. And it was very interesting. So we'll go through that in a minute. Um, we did get a question. Uh, I'll wait and do the question at the end. Okay, so um, we're gonna tell you which states um, are the best to work yeah. in, which would obviously be the 0% tax states, right? But what we are also going to mention is that we have to take into account your home state too. So um, your home state is really where you, you want to consider your home state and your travel state. But if, for example, if you live in a 0% tax state and work in a 0% tax state, then you're really in the ticket. Yeah, so how much it really impacts you depends on your home state. Because if your home state has a very high tax rate, working in a low tax rate state doesn't really make a big difference. It actually makes zero difference in most cases because you're still paying the higher of the two, which is your home state. Um, but in terms of the lowest tax rates, obviously the lowest ones are all the 0% tax states, and there's nine of them. Um, including Tennessee. Tennessee has some income tax, but it's not on earned income. So for us, it's zero. So Alaska, Florida, Nevada, New Hampshire, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Washington, Wyoming, all you all pay 0% on taxes in those states. So if you live in Alaska, if your home state is Alaska, Florida, Nevada, New Hampshire, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Washington, or Wyoming, and you also take a travel job in one of those nine states, then you're gonna pay 0% in state taxes. Now, you're still gonna to have to owe federal taxes and FICA taxes, but you would um, pay 0% in state taxes, which is awesome. Yeah, and some other really low tax states, less than 2%, North Dakota, Ohio, Arizona, all below 2%, effectively is what you're paying um, if you work in those states earning 46,000 a year. So Taxable. a lot of very low tax states. Now on the other end, and actually California, that's what everyone thinks, California is the highest. California is actually only, it's the 17th lowest state. Uh, so interestingly enough, you only pay 2.68% effectively. So that's total taxes if you're earning 46,000 a year. Now in terms of high tax states, so some of these are actually pretty surprising to me. Um, the highest tax state, including DC, was Oregon, 7.66% if you're earning 46,000 a year. That was interesting. I never would have thought Oregon was a high tax state, but yeah, if you make an average of about 46,000 um, taxable income, you're gonna pay over 7% effectively yep. in that state. Hawaii um, is at 6.07%, Utah 4.81%, Kentucky 4.71%, and Illinois is the fifth highest at 4.69%. So yeah, and some of those were- a few other high ones, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Virginia. We're from Virginia, so we're paying pretty high effective taxes actually at 4.51%. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I, I really did not uh, know that, didn't really understand that, especially when I started out that Virginia- That even came in slightly higher than New York, which I yeah. would have thought New York was really high. I mean, it's 4.4, it's like 0.1%, but still kind of crazy. Yeah, so um, there's some very low tax states, some very high tax states, at least comparatively. Now, how much does this actually matter? That's kind of what 
uh, counts to us as travelers. And like I said, it depends on what your home state is. So in most cases, I would not choose which state to work in based on which one has a low state tax rate because the maximum as a traveler earning 46,000 a year, uh, most travelers are earning somewhere between 40 and 50,000 taxable income. The maximum you would save by working in a state with 0% compared to a state like Oregon, where the tax rate's pretty high, is about 3,500 a year. And that's assuming that your tax home state is also a 0% state, right? Because if your tax home state is say 3% and you're working in a 0% state, you're still paying 3% in state taxes. So then it wouldn't benefit you as much. So the maximum benefit that you could get from working in a very low tax state or a 0% tax state is $3,500 or so. So not a huge benefit when you take into account things like pay packages, variations from state to state and cost of living from state to state. So that would not be a primary factor for me. But if I was someone that lived in um, a 0% tax state and I could find another 0% tax state with a really high pay package and I was comparing that to somewhere like Oregon, knowing that I'll be paying quite a bit in state tax in Oregon, that's when I might choose the 0% state over Oregon or Hawaii or you know one of the other states if you're primarily going for highest total take-home pay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we definitely have talked to some people who do have a, a tax home that's in a 0% state and they do definitely like consider that a little bit because they're like, yeah, I live in this 0% tax state and now it's gonna be a super bummer if I go work in a state where I have to pay high taxes. So some of them do take that into account. So I think for those of you that are used to paying 0% in income tax, um, you might be the ones that would most consider it. For those of you that just, it's like my tax home is already in a high tax state, it's not gonna matter that much for me, then this, this may not be that big of a difference for you. Yeah. Um, but I just think education is key because we, it's like it helps to ex set your expectations because we get a lot of people who will just, um, maybe they do have a 0% income tax state or, or say they go and work in Florida or Texas and it's 0%. And then they were really bummed to find out that they actually did get taxed in their home state. And they're like, I didn't work in my home state all year. I went and purposely worked in Texas or Florida or somewhere with 0% income tax. And they were surprised to find out they had to pay taxes. So we, we definitely want to just educate you and help you guys to better understand this. So there aren't any unexpected surprises come tax time. Because um, nothing hurts worse than like thinking you weren't going to have to pay taxes and then suddenly you had to pay taxes. Yeah, that, that is uh, frustrating. And in that situation too, let's say you are a traveler from Oregon. That's your home state. You purposely took a job in Florida thinking you wouldn't have to pay taxes there. You don't pay taxes to Florida during the year but you don't get any credit towards taxes paid to Oregon at the end of the year when you then have to pay your state taxes for that state. And that could be a $3,500 bill as a traveler. And, and then maybe you were always used to getting a refund on yeah. your taxes and now suddenly you had to pay a bunch of taxes that you weren't planning. That could be a huge disappointment. So just take those things into account. Yeah, and we, we hear that kind of stuff all the time. And a lot of times people blame it on their accountant. They think the accountant did something wrong or the travel company did something wrong. A lot of times it's just that that's how travel works. I mean, you're, you're withholding taxes in the state that you're working in. And if there's a big variation in the state taxes between those states, then there's going to be a big delta at the end of the year that you have to pay. So um, yeah, understanding that, and not making uninformed decisions about where to go. Um, but like I said, it's really not a huge difference. So there's no way that I would like avoid a state like Oregon if there's a, a job there that's paying $2,500 a week and that's perfect for you, still go there. Because if your other option is say $2,200 in a zero tax state, you're still gonna come out way ahead overall. So um, shouldn't be a primary uh, factor, but it is something that you should consider. Yeah, and I also want to point out one other thing. We're we're assuming a lot of things here. Um, we're we're taking a typical traveler with a typical pay package and getting this forty six thousand dollar number. Now, if you're somebody who also has some other type of income, like a side hustle or something else that's going to go towards your taxable income, take that into consideration. Because then, if you are working in a state like California, where it starts to go up, up, up. Um, with the brackets. Now, if you're somebody who actually had another major source of income on the side, then yeah, you might be putting yourself in those higher tax brackets and having a higher effective tax rate. Yeah, and, and the one other thing to mention, um, federal taxes are also marginal like that. So usually people are talking about their tax bracket being whichever tax bracket they actually fall in, not actually how much they pay. Um, so another very common misconception is people thinking that they're paying like 25% federal taxes. If you're in the 25% bracket, you're probably paying like 12 or 13% effectively to your federal taxes. So a lot of times people 
they're not paying as much in taxes as they think they are, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you take into account standard deductions. And also if you take into account like contributions to 401k plans, like most of you guys know, we're big proponents of contributing to pre-tax retirement accounts to get uh, a reduction in taxes. And for mm -hmm. several years as travelers, we contributed enough to our 401ks, traditional IRAs and HSAs to reduce our taxable income enough that we didn't pay any federal taxes. So you can actually get to where your income is low enough that it's in the standard deduction amount and you don't owe any federal taxes. And that can also reduce your state tax burden as well. So keep that in mind, even though the average traveler makes like 46,000 a year, if you're really contributing a lot to 401k, traditional IRA, HSA accounts, you can reduce that drastically, which brings you way down in the tax brackets to where you're usually paying a very small amount. Um, both federal and state taxes. You can't get out of paying FICA taxes, unfortunately. It's always gonna be 7.65% of your total income. That's not reduced by 401k contributions, so. Um, but those FICA taxes, I never knew what FICA taxes were. Um, what does that stand for? What is the acronym? Oh, good question. Google it. Um, so those are the taxes that go towards your Medicare and Social Security benefits. So even though they're taking it out of your pay paycheck, you can't avoid it. It is going towards your future benefits. So you're, you know, Yeah, it's not really a tax. I would look at it as more like a forced savings plan. So uh, you shouldn't really look so negatively on paying FICA taxes because that's just something that will benefit you in the future. So it stands for Federal Insurance Contributions Act. Federal insurance. So like they're insuring that you will have this money later on. Hopefully, yep. if nothing crazy changes, hopefully by the time we all get to retirement age, there'll still be like, we'll get our Medicare and our social security benefits, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, <laughs> one other thing I should mention, uh, I think confuses a lot of people sometimes is they think, okay, I'll work as a 1099 independent contractor and I'll avoid paying like a FICA tax or something like that. What the FICA tax is, and something else that's confusing people, FICA tax is half of the social or the um, self-employment tax. So if you're a independent contractor or you're someone that makes 1099 income, you pay a self-employment tax of about 15.3%. When you're a W-2 employee, you pay 7.65% and your employer pays the other 7.65%. So it's the exact same amount. Your FICA taxes, your employer matches that amount and then you, they both get sent in on your behalf for future benefits for Social Security and Medicare. If you're a independent contractor, you don't have an employer, so you pay the full 15.3% and your employer, or basically if you wanna look at it this way, you pay 7.65 and then your employer, which is you, also pays 7.65%. So um, there's no way to get out of paying those taxes, whether you're 1099, whether you're W-2, you're always gonna be paying these taxes towards your Medicare and Social Security benefits. So is that all clear as mud, guys? We hope so. Um, let us know in the comments, for those of you guys that are watching live, do you have any questions about taxes in general, about filing taxes, um, taxes as a traveler, effective tax rates? Let us know. Um, again, if you did learn anything from this, if it was helpful to some extent, um, we'd love if you would click the thumbs up button or just say thank you in the comments, um, whether you're watching live or on the replay. I would highly encourage all of you to go and read the article. If this was still a little bit confusing, I think it'll be easier if you read through it um, and better understand this stuff. But the bottom line is it definitely won't um, make, you know, a huge difference in the long term um, of your finances, but it's something to consider and it's something to be aware of just so that you don't have any nasty surprises when it comes to tax time and not understanding like the difference between the state you're working in and the state that you're from. Yeah, and I really think it's vital for every, every citizen to understand how fixed taxes, marginal taxes, and effective tax rates, how all those work and how they apply to you because so you don't make dumb decisions. Like I, I have talked to many people in the past, back when I worked um, a minimum wage job or something like that, where they would say, oh, I'm not gonna work overtime because that'll put me in a higher tax bracket and I actually bring home less money. There's never ever gonna be a situation where you work more hours and you bring home less money because that's not how marginal tax systems work. They think that when you trigger this higher tax bracket, you're paying more money on all your taxes. And if that was the case, then you might actually lose income on or pay more in taxes if you work extra hours but that's never the case because marginal tax brackets don't work that way so that can lead people to make dumb decisions and you don't want to be someone making a dumb decision just based on not understanding how these things work yeah it's definitely very confusing um i won't say that i completely understand taxes that well but i feel like i have a decent understanding of you know how taxes work and um, basically, like another thing I will say that I just hear from like the general public, like not necessarily travel therapists, not necessarily therapists, but like there's just this sentiment 
in the in our country really of like it's a good or bad thing depending on whether you owe or you get money back at the end of the year and something like in general that i didn't ever really understand about taxes until just the last couple of years is it all has to do with how much is withheld from your check it, in the long run you're going to pay basically the same amount that you that you owe depending on how much you earned and which state you worked in um it, the only difference would be like whether you took actionable steps to contribute to like a 401k or something to reduce the amount of taxes you owe but in the long run it's like you you're going to owe the same amount no matter what whether you decide to withhold more during your taxes right now or during each paycheck throughout the year or whether you decide to pay it at the end but i think a lot of people get used to the way that like one certain employer has done it and they've withheld it a certain way to where at the end basically what happened is their employer or they elected to withhold more than they needed to withhold each paycheck throughout the year and then at the end you get a refund because it's like oh you actually paid us too much here's the rest back whereas like with a traveler you're signing all kinds of different contracts you're signing um, different tax forms and if you don't make sure that your withholdings are just right there's a chance you could owe at the end of the year because maybe they didn't withhold enough but in the long run you're gonna you're gonna owe the same amount it doesn't matter whether you pay it now or pay it later exactly but i think people that like live paycheck to paycheck and it's like a forced savings. Like the, the, the reason they designed the tax system is to make you um, withhold it now so that you'll have enough at the end of the year. Because if they didn't withhold some now, a lot of people would be like, at the end of the year, would be like, I don't have the money to pay you the taxes. So yeah, that's a very good point. And uh, yeah, that's a very common misconception. And fun fact, it actually did used to be that way. It used to be you earned all your income and you owe at the end of the year. So you say the, the tax rate back then was a flat 10%, you earn 40,000 at the end of the year, um, the government sends you a bill for $4,000. And what happened was no one saved the money for that tax bill. And uh, they would go not pay it or pay it late or um, you know the government had a lot of issues collecting the payment. So they instituted this withholding thing so that it would be forced taken out of the paycheck so the person would never see it. So it's not that anything changed, it's just that now throughout the year, you have a portion of your paycheck that's withheld for that eventual tax bill at the end of the year. If you, if you owe tax at the end of the year, it just means not enough was withheld throughout the year on your paychecks. If you pay taxes, at, or no, if you, uh, if you receive a refund at the end of the year, it just means too much was withheld. So nothing is different. Your tax burden is always the same at the end of the year if you earn the same amount. Uh, whether you owe or whether you receive a refund is all based on how much is withheld. And that's really confusing for people. Some, some people think that if they didn't get a refund, something was wrong. Um, that's not the way it is. It's just uh, you chose to withhold less throughout the year and now you have to make up for that at the end of the year. Yeah, and a lot of times you don't even realize like what you're doing. It's usually, um, I believe it's a W-9 form that yeah, you I have to so. fill out when you- It's either W-9 or W-4, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember which form it is, but um, when you do the, all that onboarding that you do with all your um, companies, whether you're taking a permanent job or a PRN job or a travel company job, they have you fill out all these forms and they say like, do you want to claim any dependents? Do you want to claim yourself um, all these little things that you're filling out and you're like I don't know what this means it's just determining how much they're gonna withhold from your check each week or yep. each month um, to help pay your taxes at the end but it emotionally it, it doesn't hurt as bad to have 20 or $50 taken out of each paycheck every year um, versus or every week and every month versus having to pay thousands of dollars at the end of the year, right? Like emotionally, that feels better. Um, but just so you guys know, it's, it's all the same. It's just like depending yeah. on how much you get withhold. Joel said W-2. W-2 is your actual, like that's what you actually receive on a paycheck and that's what you get at the end of the year. It's like, it's a summary of what you, uh, what was withheld and what you owe and all that. Uh, the W-4 or the W-9 is what, it's like the form that you fill out that tells the uh, employer how much to withhold, like what your exemptions are. I can't remember which, which one it is. Um, but thanks for the stars, uh, Sandy and Sarah. Um, this new star thing Facebook implemented, um, it's pretty cool. W-4, okay, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the W-4. W-4. Yeah, and that's just, and you guys probably are like, I've never heard of a <clears throat> W-4, but you've probably filled it out every time, you wherever employed you just didn't realize it because yeah. it was with all those other onboarding forms and you were like sure great wonderful all right so hopefully all that makes sense if you guys have any questions um feel free to ask those now um i know taxes are confusing but you know it's funny seven years ago i had no no idea about any of this stuff and i started writing about finance and then i was like you know one one way that i would be able to save more money is i pay less in taxes and i was like okay then i should probably understand how taxes work and then i started understanding it and then i got um 
I became like a tax nerd. I really enjoy learning about taxes and uh, about how the tax code works and how to reduce taxes. And um, so who knows, maybe if you get into it, you might really enjoy it as well. You a nerd never. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, you're, um, I appreciate that Jared is so into learning about finances and all this stuff because I would totally be oblivious if it weren't for him. And I hope that he's been able to teach you guys some stuff too and help you be a little more financially savvy because he's definitely helped me. All right, guys, if you have any questions, we'll go through those now. Um, Ali says the I-9 is the immigration information. A couple of you guys said the W-4 form. Thank you for that. Thanks for the stars, Sarah. Sarah says, I've learned so much. Thank you. You are welcome, Sarah. I hope your new contract is going well. Sarah, I'm enjoying the TikTok videos, Yeah, by the way. keep the TikTok videos coming, Sarah. We like to see you guys having a great time. All right, let's see. Um, Ali says that I simplified things by working in the tax-free state of Texas for a few years. I screwed things up by working overseas and I learned the hard way about the U.S. being one of the very few countries that counts global income for taxes. Yeah, it's really crazy. The U.S., uh, I think there's only two countries in the world and one of them is like a very small um, developing country and the United States that taxes any global income. Uh, every, other, every other country you don't pay taxes on income you earn outside the country. I mean, that makes sense. You're not earning tax or you're not earning income that's directly affecting the country if you're outside of the country. But uh, for whatever reason, the U.S., the only way to get out of paying U.S. taxes is to renounce your citizenship. And very few people are going to do that. So the U.S. knows and also the IRS is the most well-funded um, tax system in the world. So they, they can track down that kind of information that other countries would just, you know, they wouldn't care about. So, so you're saying they, they tax you on money you earned in a different country too? Yeah. So if you were living in the UK and you earned income in the UK, you would still get taxed on that money in the US. You would get a credit for taxes you paid to the country. Or sometimes you can claim, um, there's a form that you can claim where you get a, like a $90,000 deduction. But for a lot of people, let's say you have a really high earning job in another country and you earn 400,000, you're still probably gonna end up paying a decent amount of taxes back to the US. Even though you earned no income in the US and you weren't in the country for the majority of the year, you still pay taxes there. It's crazy. Interesting. All right, Joel says, I have an offer right now from a company that hires internal travelers. They pay 80 plus dollars per hour, including non-taxable stipends. That's pretty good. Um, so we got a few offers over the years for internal travel. A couple things I would think about is, is this company, do they have a lot of locations or would you be really locked in on your options? That's the biggest downside of any sort of internal travel is that you know if you're working for a company that has 20 locations around the country and at any given time they only have one or two that have openings, well then your options are extremely limited. So that would be a big downside. Um, the uh, Some good things about it are that you might get vacation time. So something to look into there, vacation or sick time. Uh, another good thing is that you would be familiar with the documentation system. That's really helpful. Um, often you don't make as much, but if they're paying you $80 an hour, then you might end up being in a good shape or a good position taking an internal Yeah, job. I'd be interested learning how they're able to do the non-taxable stipends because I wasn't familiar that um, a lot of the internal ones did that way. I think the offers we got uh, were somewhere around like, after everything was included, maybe like 50 or $55 an hour. And when we compared that to travel contracts, it just wasn't worth it. Um, but if you can, if they'll pay you really well and they have locations that you'd be interested in going, then um, internal travel can be a really good option. As a follow-up question, Joel says, have you guys heard of such a travel pay system where the weekly is a lump sum of the hourly plus the stipends? Um, I don't know. It, it, it's possible that they're just going to pay you, they just include your stipends, but it's taxed. Um, otherwise, I mean, that's kind of how all pay is talked about, right? It's like your hourly after taxes plus the non-tax stipends. But it could be that they're just paying you a lump sum, they're including what would be stipends in there, but it's just a, a lump sum amount they're paying you weekly. In which case, it could be really good or it could be really bad, just depending on you run the numbers, determine what you'd make after taxes compared to what you'd make at a travel contract. And if it's comparable and they'll give you benefits and uh, there's locations that you, you wanna go to, then internal travel would be a really good option. Yeah, two things to look at there. What's your weekly after-tax pay? Is it gonna be the same or better than a travel job? And how much is taxable? How much are you gonna to have to pay in taxes? Because we have heard people where they get offers and they're like, well, they made it to where I'd make, you know, 80, $75 an hour, you know, all taxed. But then you're having to pay more taxes and that could affect other things in terms of taxes because you're not getting the stipends. But if they're giving you tax-free stipends, then 
yeah. might work out. Um, and he says they have more than 60 locations, mostly inpatient and acute rehab, home health. Sounds like a good deal. Yeah, yeah, especially if you can get vacation time. And he says the taxation of that income is still considered marginal tax. Wow. Wow, that sounds like a good deal. Um, I definitely haven't heard of anything that good, Joel, so. Yeah, yeah make sure that if, if you do that, make sure that you have a, you know, all this stuff in writing, everything looks solid. They have some kind of contract with you and it's not like a bait and switch type thing, but I mean, that sounds really amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, anybody else have any questions about taxes or about anything? Um, let us know. <laughs> Ryan's in here. Ryan says Joel's a liar. I don't think Joel's lying. I don't think Joel's lying. Joel's been making some really high payback, just, especially in California. So yeah, yeah. and we've, we've been seen, jealous. We've seen some of the contracts, so we know he's not lying. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Joel, maybe you can message us about that and let us know what company it is and where it is and all that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, let us know if you have any questions. Um, I'll link to the article after we get done with the video just so you guys will have that link and you can read it. Um, let us know if you have any additional questions. You can always send us a message or an email as well. Um, let me see. Sorry, we just got one more question. CC says, how can the company I have an offer for be paying my recruiting company $80 an hour, but my weekly after tax is only $1,900? Good so, question. Yeah, so CC, that's a whole can of worms. We just did an article on that recently that talks all about like where the money goes from a pay package, um, how much the staffing company makes versus how much you make. Um, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, um, it's a little bit complex. Uh, I would say probably either watch the video we did. This is probably in April or March um, a video and article we put out, but we break down everything in there. Um, there are situations where the travel company is keeping too much. And what you have to you have to account for is what how much are they withholding in taxes, both on your behalf, uh, or how much is coming out in taxes on your paycheck versus how much are they holding withholding in taxes for FICA taxes on their end? Uh, what are they paying for like your um, unemployment taxes for uh, liability insurance for health care for your health insurance? Um, all of those things. There's a lot of things that go into. The bill rate more than just like taking it divide or multiplying by 40 and then determining you know how much you should get paid or and thinking that the travel company is keeping a large proportion of that so yeah check out the article it, it's pretty complex when you try to break it all down but um, an 80 dollars an hour bill rate 1900 that sounds like it could be a little bit low but not unreasonably low um, i would say probably somewhere in the 19 to 2100 a week range with an 80 dollars an hour bill rate is probably pretty reasonable when you consider all the benefits and all the taxes and everything that go into it. Um, but yeah, if you want a, a detailed analysis of how everything's broken down, what goes into it, then either check out that video or the article. We can link to those as well. Yep, I'll put some links in the comments when we get done with the video. So again, thank you guys. We really appreciate you watching. If you did get value out of this video, please hit the thumbs up button. Also, we would love if you would go and leave us a review either on Apple Podcasts or on our Facebook page. You will get entered to win the $100 giveaway at the end of the year, and it would really help us out if you do leave us a review. Yep, thanks everyone. Um, Oh, one thing I want to talk about, if you guys have any ideas for videos, we want to try to do more videos. We've been really busy here in Alaska. Uh, I think it's been like three weeks, which is the longest we've been without doing a video for a long time now. Um, we might go back to some of the basics again. I know we have a lot of new uh, viewers that, you know, some of this, the basic stuff we were talking about three and a half years ago now. Um, and some of those videos, we go back and watch them and they're kind of cringy to us. So uh, it would be nice to have more recent stuff to, to link to. So we might go back to some of the basics again, but if you guys have any ideas or, or any suggestions for future videos, please let us know. We're always looking for suggestions. Yep. All right, guys. Have a great night. Yep. Take care.